Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I would think you'd want full turges. If the first two die, you're definitely the top person I've been with. It's just the same as saying you're a juggalo. Hello and welcome. We're back from the ballerlifestyle.com. It is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. Independence Day edition. You won't obviously you won't be hearing this till after Independence Day, but be advised, we are recording this. We are doing our patriotic duty. We are honoring America by doing a special AM edition of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We normally, a little behind the scenes info, we normally record this show on Tuesday evenings for Wednesday release. Wednesday release sounds like a good porn star's name. Has there ever been a porn star called Wednesday release? Something to think about. So, but this year, the 4th of July holiday falls on a, a Tuesday. So, we're having to record not in the evening, not at 6 p.m. Pacific, which is our normal airtime, but actually at 9 a.m. Pacific, which is a little early for your boy. Your boy, he likes to sleep in on the weekend. A lot of times I'll sleep till, or you know, day off, not the actual weekend. I know somebody will be like, it's not the fucking weekend. I like to sleep till like 8.30. That's like a good time for me to get up. Eight Between 8 and 8.30 is when I wake up. But this morning I had to get up and like get the studio all ready and stuff. So I got up in like in the sevens. Like, and I don't know if you can tell, but my voice, this is morning voice. It's a little bit different. But we do this for you. Like if we didn't do a show this week, you fucking guys would freak out. And we couldn't really find another time to record. So we get together on the 4th of July, born on the 4th of July, Ron Kovacs. Anyway, joining me now, co-host of the program, and patriot, obvious patriot, Ed Daly. Ed, how are you? Uh, doing well. I, I, I just want to reiterate, we're American heroes for doing this thing. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable and, what we do. And I wanted to, uh, to, two things. Well, I feel... You can sleep in. I can't. Like, my problem is, like, my wake-up time is my wake-up time. Even yeah. when I don't have to be up, I'm just kind of up. Yeah. No, I get it. I don't have that off switch. Um, but I also wanted to point out, I'm doing my patriotic duty, and you too, at this very moment, I'm ignoring the hot dog eating contest. Absolutely. 100% agree. There is no bigger 
And besides our current president, there is no. <laughs> there used to be no. Right. Bigger. There is no bigger American embarrassment than that stupid fucking Fourth of July Coney Island Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Fuck that thing. Fuck Joey Chestnut. That guy disgusts me. He's so gross. He's so disgusting. Watch, watching him eat is one of the worst things that can happen. Just fucking awful. Anybody that participates in that, just so gross. Like, just imagine, imagine what kind of maniac makes that his life's pursuit. Like, eating a bunch of food. Like, I can eat the most food the fastest. Like, and I'm going to train. Like, you could train to do anything, 10,000 hours. Like, you can become a master of something that you're really, really into. Take pod, take podcasting, for instance. <laughs> it, it, instead, these guys decide they want to jam 50,000 tater tots in their head. Disgusting. Like that. Disgusting. And they have Fucking all, animals. and it ruins, like, all these kinds of food. Like, if you ever, like, they have, oh, hold on, hold on, just threw me off my game right there. I don't have my do not disturb on. If you ever watch, like, they'll do, like, rib eating contests or wings, and it's, like, anything in mass amounts is kind of yeah. is kind of ruined. Like, it's just like not as good. I like ha- enjoying a hot dog. Of course, who doesn't? time to time. Yeah, you're Delicious. a goddamn American. But, I mean, 70? Like, that's just disgusting on every level. It's it's super gross. And But one thing I do know is the hot dog, because of its shape— is actually the most dangerous food there is. It's it's awful to think about, but every year, many, many people, mostly children, die from choking yeah, they, on a hot dog. I remember like when my give, feeding my whatever two year old, you, you got to cut it up. You got to cut it sideways. That's right. You got to because it's it's a real troublesome. You got to uh, cut food. cut it sideways because it's the the shape of it is the exact shape to plug your esophagus like yeah your windpipe so you can't fucking breathe so oftentimes people die by eating these hot dogs now if there were a chance if i had like a good tip that hey this hot dog eating contest is going to go off and there's like a 70 percent chance that joey chestnut is going to die i might tune in like I need the I need the ante to be upped. I need the stakes <laughs> to rise. Also, I need them. To- you have a better than better than fifty fifty chance of seeing Joey Chestnut tap out. Yes, then I'm in. Then I'm in. Also, yeah, I'm in. they eliminate. They t- there used to be this guy called Kobayashi from Japan. Well, he he was the hero. He was the hero of the whole thing. He's a little guy, and he would win the contest. But for some reason, they don't let him in anymore. I don't know. I don't. Hey, hey, hey. Don't email yeah, me. Like customs, customs like, like forbid him from coming into the country. Right, but it's been years. He hasn't been allowed to do it, and he was like the best. And then Joey Chestnut beat him, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, now American, a disgusting American guy." Who, by the way, how fucking old is this guy? Go, go, just look at a picture. Go to your Google image right now and look at a picture of Joey Chestnut, and you're like, like oh, how fuck? Yeah, you're like, yeah, like forty eight, but he's lived pretty hard. Like he's an old looking forty eight. Pretty mm-hmm. sure the dude is like thirty years old. <laughs> Terrible. I'm just hold on. Let's hold on. I need the details on this, Joey. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I should have done safe search. 
or I should have gone on a VPN. Now people are going to know that I've Googled Joey Chestnut. Oh, Joey Chestnut, November 25th, 1983, age 33. Born in the 80s, Ed. Oh, he wasn't. According to him. So He's too young to remember Alf. (laughs) That's quite, yes. He never watched American Gladiators, that's for sure. (laughs) He doesn't know Zap. No. Unbelievable. (laughs) Nitro. So the point is, is that maybe if they could fix this thing, one, Give me a give me a reasonable assumption that Joey Chestnut will die during the contest. A and then two, what the fuck? Bring back Kobayashi. Like, if you want me to watch this thing, I need to see the best of the best. I don't I don't need to see like some average like a bunch of AAA guys and one major leaguer. I need the fucking all stars of the eating world. And as far as I know, that's Kobayashi is the best of the best. And he's not even allowed in the thing. What the fuck? Who's, who's sanctioning this Nathan's. I, I got a tweak to the game. What if you just put a big pile of hot dogs? Like you don't have your own stash. And part of the game is figuring out which one's the arsenic hot dog. In, so, in love it. Like, yeah. That should be the thing. I'll watch it. Cause it's like, you don't have to go super fast. Like you try to eat as many as you can, but like your eyeball on the dog, like one of you's going down. The also the dipping. They the, right in order They're eating like red water. Ugh. I think what they do is they take they remove the hot dogs and then they just guzzle down like a couple like four hot dogs at a time. Then they take you got to eat the buns too. Then they'll take a handful of buns and jam them in a fucking big gulp cup full of water and they'll just go and fucking gag down a bunch of buns just by themselves. You ever get to the end of a hot dog and you're like, Oh, there's, I've eaten the whole, the whole sausage out of this thing. It's just a fucking little bit of bun at the end. I don't need that. I don't need this. I don't need this last bit of bun. It's not like bread covered in something like, you know, perfect. Like it's just right, bread. It's right. just gross bread. Right. It's not like it's not like a delicious, like it's like not like a perfect pizza where it's just like a little flaky bit of buttery crust left in your and there's yeah, yeah there's it's just it's real basic bread. There's not right, it's just gross very little you can do with a hot dog it's, bun. Yeah, it's just gross white wonder bread shit processed or, disgusting. Or potato potato roll yes like it's just, yes yes it's not even a fucking pretzel roll now if, if we were talking about a pretzel roll we'd be talking right. about then we have something to talk about yeah or an amoroso roll or even a uh, but no your average dog is not coming in that no no so it, these guys just eat the fucking bread and ed that is even more disgusting than you putting ketchup on a hot dog them just doing the them just doing the sausages <laughs> and then the fucking watery bread I went to Nathan's uh, maybe a week ago, a yeah. week and a half oh, ago. Yeah, made the made the journey, huh? Yeah, I took the kids on the Wonder Wheel, like you know the Coney Island thing. Yeah, and I did use ketchup. I did the the triad. I did ketchup, mustard, and relish. Oh my god, it was delicious! Oh my god. You are loved a monster. It. You are loved a monster. it. Well, because you were because your children are young, you put ketchup on their dogs and gave it to them. And then, but then you're like, Oh, I'll have a bite of that. That's how you, that's how you encountered ketchup on a hot dog. Right. Or your wife. Sort of, Cause women, sort of. women don't know the difference. They just, they, they put ketchup <laughs> and mustard. They don't know the rules of hot dogs. So they'll do it. And it's sort of allowable for them, but not a man. 
A man doesn't do that. A man doesn't go to the ball game and order up a dog and go, excuse me. Um, I did get a couple packets of ketchup. I did go to a, I went to a baseball game like two days ago and I did just go mustard. But I was a little disappointed. I couldn't find the relish. I was more in the mood for relish than anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Relish is key. You got to have relish. But if this, given the, I mean, mustard is the one most necessary, like you couldn't eat a hot dog with just relish like if there was only one right if you could but i just you know i had a hankering for the for the relish and it just wasn't part of the the dog that day i know i have a it was it was you know like these stadiums i got the hot dog in like the first inning and they were at like the relish machine was just empty disgusting also they (laughs) they need to come up with a better system for that relish because they got the pump thing on top and you go you and you're like, you pump it, and you're like, fuck, nothing comes out. Or maybe just some fucking water, like pickle yeah, water that, comes that, out. Like, yeah, that like bar. Yeah. That, that gross, whatever it is. So then you, then you fucking push harder, and then a big glob just goes right. And you got to take your finger and like, and like spread it out, because it gives you enough relish just in that glob that comes out. But it's just all placed right in the same spot on your dog. We need to figure that out. What it should be, and this is... It's because maniacs fucking ruin this for us, probably. They should, like civilized people, have just like a big jar out there with a spoon in it. And you can just fucking reach in and get the spoon in. Yeah, spoon. I'm not trusting that. No, because people get up there. You've and, seen the men's room. Yes, I'm not trusting I somebody. I know. It's people no way. ruin it. People ruin it. It's we're like we can't live in a fucking civilized society That's anymore. That's why we can't have nice things. Yes. You guys fucked it up for us. It's brutal. Now let's also. I, I would like to talk about a uh, besides Joy Chestnut, another horrible American, and that would be the governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie. No, you're a governor. Yeah, the worst. And I read something recently that, like, you know, it's like, well, how did he get a, a, elected? And something like eleven percent of the uh, population showed up to vote for governor. That's crazy. Like, people just—it's one thing for the president, which still gets a shitty turnout, yeah. but like. Just a regular gubernatorial race. Like, people do not show up. Yeah, if there's not also a presidential election that year, no one will fucking come out to vote. You're, it's like Congress. You think, oh, this guy's a fucking congressman. This guy's an esteemed guy. Your congressman was probably elected to that office with like 4,000 votes. It is a fucking ridiculously low number of people that show up to vote. And that's why we end up with shitheads like Chris Christie in office. Exactly. So last Friday, I I texted you. I had to make my annual trip to the beach. I have to do it once for my family. I don't enjoy it. That's right. It's just too much time in the sun. It's a lot. What the fuck are you supposed to do for six hours? Do you bring an umbrella? Yes, but yeah. like the the sun's always moving, and you're you know there's yeah. enough people. Like I don't have nine umbrellas. Like there's yeah. always sun going on, and like I like the water. But how long can I be in the water for? Yeah. Even if it was half the time, that leaves me three hours to sit around with fucking sand. Uh, well, you read a so, book. Yeah, with kids. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, that's true. They always want to be entertained. Right. So it just uh, I I don't enjoy I don't enjoy those long days at the beach. I like I would like. A 45-minute trip to the beach. I'd be very happy with that. That's so anyway. Yeah. Uh, I went with uh, the family. My sister belongs to a beach club, like a private beach club. Mm, baller. So pretty much like the area I grew up uh, in, like there's probably like, I don't know, seven or eight beach clubs. And there are varying degrees of like luxury. But that's how it's done around there. Right. So anyway, 
Uh, I did that on Friday, and as we're driving back from the shore, I had to be back early Saturday morning, and we see just thousands of cars just with nowhere to go, looking miserable. And it was like a little early for there already to be like the the beach traffic back up. And then like you see the sign saying all state parks are closed and you realize it's fucking Chris Christie doing his take my ball and going home political play. What like closed douche. all of this. Yeah. And like most people don't have access to their sister's beach club. Right. And like something like that is a, a cheap entertainment option when this whole fucking world costs, a, you know, too much. So finally you get a cheap entertainment option. And this fucking asshole. And then the worst part is obviously, I mean, this has all been all over the media, but like then it it comes out that he and his family are sitting there on the beach like fucking assholes. And I just, I'm so sick of the fucking aggressive lack of compassion in the world. Like it's like a badge of honor to be shitty to other people. And this fucking piece of shit who's, you know, well established to be a vindictive prick Nobody likes him, and his his approval ratings are the lowest in the in any state ever yeah. uh, recorded. Like no. he's the worst guy. He fucking doubled down on it. He's like, I'm I'm fucking shutting down the government, so all the beaches are closed. And then people are like, Hey, you were at the beach, and he's like, Yeah, fuck off. I'm the governor. Fuck you. Right. You you want to go to the beach? The you be the governor. What a fucking douche. And hey, you know, as we talked about, there's you know the the most embarrassing part of america right now it's that that same thing it's like it like it's there's like a gleefulness in just treating people like shit or like not looking out for the common person it's it's fucking awful and this fucking piece of shit so vote and vote out assholes i don't know right it's just a fucking well he's a lame duck this guy yeah but he's a lame duck for fucking six more months also but also some something to look forward to he's a fucking lame duck for life like this is this guy is not look at his body. This guy is not long for this world. You cannot Surely. carry around that much extra body weight and expect to live into your sixties. Like this guy is going to die very, very soon, and I will be happy when he does. Yeah, piece of shit. Also, uh it's not like a profound movie, but Baby Driver was fun. I liked it. Oh really? I don't know what that is because it's such a stupid oh, it's got Jamie Foxx in it, of course he liked it. But the uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yes, he just plays one of the criminals. I love bank robberies. I don't in movies. I don't. I love getaway cars and stuff. I don't. I hate the uh, what do you call it? the Fast and Furious franchise. I don't like that. Right. But I did. I found it fun. It's not like great character development. Or it's just fun chase scenes with a lot of music. But the name is so stupid. Like the it's name, really stupid. The name is really so stupid. dumb. Like who's gonna go? I like. I don't. I have not even. I don't know what that movie's about. I don't know the first thing about it uh, because it's got such a stupid name. I haven't thought to investigate it anymore. It's got a dumb name. The kid, it's like a savant driver, uh, like a like he's like uh, a young getaway driver. This out, is awesome about it. Out, not in. No, <laughs> it's good. No. It's Who fun. else is in it? It's because Jamie Fox. You gotta you gotta go a long distance with people I like to get me to go to a Jamie Fox movie. Who else is in it? Some some super super hot. Uh, Hispanic chick. Oh, I'm into that. And and of course, uh, he has a bigger role than Jamie Fox. John Hamm. I oh, love John Hamm. Okay, here I go. And and Spacey plays like the 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 guy that sends out the bank robbers, right? Like the 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 head, you know, shithead kind of guy. The um, I don't know the main character. I've never heard of him. Spacey's wig. 
Is it, am I going to be able to look mm. away from the screen? Am I going to be studying his wig the entire time? It's not great, but he's, I would, I would say, yeah, obviously the, the main character is the biggest part of it. There's this hot chick that I don't know who she is. That's like yeah. plays his, his love interest. And then um, there's just like some criminals and they have different ones um, for different scenes. Um, but he's always the getaway driver. And so like John Hamm, Jamie Foxx, they play criminals in different yeah, in different heists. But I don't know. I okay. like heists. All right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, one more thing before we get into the actual show show. I yeah. just thought of something. Oh, Aiza Gonzalez is the chick's name. Let's check her out. She's she's very hot. Oh, yeah. Attractive. Mexican. Born. This is so depressing. 1990. <laughs> 1990. Oh, and she's, she and John Hamm are hooking up in the movie oh, a lot. I bet, I bet they were hooking up in the trailer as well. Oh, yeah. He seemed to be really enjoying oh, those scenes. I bet he was. Son of a bitch. Um, I made the mistake of watching that Manny Pacquiao versus the Australian guy. The tomato can? Yes. And he, like, it was, yeah, like, Manny Pacquiao is obviously, he's 38 years old. There's a, The tread has worn off the tires. The guy is not what he once was, of course. But the guy was a fucking phenomenal, great, great and he was, champion. And he was, and he was entertaining... Whereas, like, Mayweather, aside from being a dick, and Pacquiao's a real douche, too, but Pacquiao fights were fun to watch. You saw a lot of haymakers. Like, Mayweather fights, really, I I don't think I've ever seen a fun Mayweather fight. So boring. Mayweather, great defensive fighter, probably the best of all time, counterpuncher. So he just fucking stays outside, waits for you to make a mistake, and then scores some points by hitting you back. But it's never, and it's never in doubt, and no one ever lands any clean shots on him, which is a skill, which has made him a great champion, but a very boring fighter. And you're right, Manny Pacquiao is a guy that has always been a stout fighter that gets in there and mixes it up the executioner uh i mean he's he's just a fucking he's a great great champion and so he fights this guy who's a much bigger guy but a fucking straight up palooka a guy with <laughs> yeah he's like he's part of like the montage scene of boxing movies like the most irrelevant kind of boxer yeah just 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 like like a club fighter i think he was an olympian but an australian olympian so not you know nothing against australia but they don't have like a deep (laughs) boxing heritage like a lot of like cuba or mexico or ireland like other places and so this manny pacquiao he fights this guy this guy's a much bigger guy and it was like not a great fight it wasn't it was a it was a sort of a sad fight but this pacquiao champion he beats the guy up like he he's doing what he does coming at him from weird angles you know he's he had him out on his feet in the ninth round he just landed tons of shots and he he wins the fight and this i watched like the last maybe third of it because i had forgotten it was on but uh i i might have seen seriously in like four rounds i might have seen this guy land like 25 punches oh yeah it was it was like not even he'd he he did a thing where he just kept moving forward. And by moving forward, I mean he would walk into punches. And then he was a much bigger guy. So when they would get in the clinch, he would kind of get Manny in a headlock and kind of like throw him out of the way. Kind of like kind of like Rocky Four. A lot of that happens yeah. in Rocky Four, which you're going to hear about on the show very, very soon. 
Yeah. Preview. Preview. There's going to be some Rocky Four to discuss. There's going to be a whole show about it. Um, but then they go to the judges and they go, and this Michael Buffer, Michael Buffer, by the way, really, he's just still out there. He's just saying that one thing, Ed. He goes out there. He says that one thing. He's made so much goddamn money doing it. He says, um, like me, of course, I'm a Jimmy Lennon Jr. guy, but uh, Michael Buffer. Oh, no. God love him. I mean, (laughs) nobody likes Jimmy Lennon Jr. Oh, I love Jimmy Lennon Jr. He's great. Oh, no. I don't like him. This, they bring, this, they bring out, they fly this fucking Michael Buffer all the way down to Australia. And you know, they put him up in a suite and he's getting a fucking six figure paycheck, all expenses paid. They probably fly him private. Like he gets on all he does is he just says that one thing. He just, for, and he over enunciates, uh, Spanish. Spanish yes. <laughs> he, for 20 years, he's just been saying that one fucking thing and just stacking chips. He's a fucking catchphrase guy. Why can't I be a catchphrase guy? Oh, he has. I mean, he's done nothing but that. Nothing. Nothing. He doesn't bring any. He doesn't bring analysis. He doesn't have to know boxing. Nothing. He doesn't. Nothing. He doesn't have to do much of anything. He just gets up there in a shiny shark skin coat and reads the tail of the tape and then says says his catchphrase and then bounces. So he's announcing the winner and he's like. The first judge, you know, it's a unanimous decision. He's like, the first judge had it 117, 111, and then the other two, I think, were 115, 113. Unanimous decision. And then he fucking raises the hand of the Australian guy. And I Mm. get, like, how maybe a layman might think that, because the guy's huge. He's much bigger than Manny Pacquiao, and he was, like, throwing him around a lot. So maybe if you had never seen boxing, like, if you came from another planet, and you just turned on boxing, or maybe you're one of these a maniacs that's an adult that watches professional wrestling, and you're like, oh, that guy won because he's bigger and he threw the other guy a bunch of times. But uh, no one that's ever watched a fucking boxing match, much less a professional boxing judge, could ever have thought that this fucking guy, Joe Horn is his name, I think Jeff, Jeff Horn is his name, won the fight, and and... Meanwhile, there's three fucking professional judges that announce, I mean, that announce the winner or that score the fight for the winner, this guy, Jeff Horn. And I just, I like, this always happens. Why do, why do we keep coming? This was on free TV, which is the only reason I watched. Yeah, ESPN. But now I guess ESPN wants to get into the fight game. So they're going to be producing more of these cards, which is actually pretty cool because I'm happy boxing is cool. Yeah. Uh, but it's, this always happens. This has been happening for 30 years and yet we keep turning these fights back on. And if, if it goes to a decision, half the time, the decision is going to be fucking wrong. It's just wrong. Just straight up wrong. Yes. Not like maybe it could go this way. Like, no, it's, that was not, that was no way that guy. Won why do we keep letting him do this to us? And I don't watch MMA, but I feel like that's that in MMA, there's been a lot of this lately too, where the, where things have gone to the judges or the referee like stops a fight or doesn't stop a fight. And it's like, what, this is your fucking job. This is, there's only the biggest promotions in the world that are doing this. Like, how can it not be perfect every fucking time? I don't understand. It's crazy. Yeah, that's it's, it. Um, the good thing, you know, back to it being more on ESPN, is when you pay for a fight, you are not turning that fucking thing off. Yeah. When you have like just a shitty fight that's just going nowhere after four rounds, you can just be like, "All right, I'm, I'm not watching this anymore." Of course, yeah, you just walk away. And it was like if 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 it were on ESPN, 
I think the Pacquiao Mayweather fight that I paid for, the oh last fight God. I paid for, seventy bucks. I think I would have bailed on it. It was so boring, so fucking boring. Really, just um, as but the thing is, going in, you're like, this is probably going to be boring, and then it was exactly what you. But you're, but you sort of have that thing where you're like, but maybe. You maybe know, he stings him with a couple. Yeah, maybe he gets in there and he's left-handed and he's fucking comes from weird angles. And maybe, but after four or five rounds, yeah, you knew. Yeah, then you knew. You knew. Uh, okay, let's do a few email. Ready? Yep. After listening to podcast number one seventy-five, hashtag current episode, I heard your conversations with Ed. About the pickled toe in the Yukon, which, by the way, is disgusting. As a Canadian, yes, we all hate Quebec. I grew up in God's country, a.k.a. Western Canada. So we despise the East, especially Quebec. And also, most Americans should know that Justin Trudeau is despised in Canada. Anyway, best wishes to Fancy Ed and Brian. Regards, Doug Doran. Thanks, Doug. Uh, it, I like that in Canada, there is like a, a hardcore East Coast, West Coast rivalry and people from Toronto hate people from Vancouver and vice versa. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've only been to I've been to Montreal and I've been to Vancouver, Victoria area. And yeah. I liked both. So oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't really have. And that's I know Montreal's in Quebec. I've never even been to Toronto, but like the only thing about their their whole regional thing it's it's fine but hating trudeau i get it like the i i read something a couple weeks ago saying like people hate him he's he's done a lot of the same like opening up pipelines in areas that mm, you know mm-hmm. you shouldn't like he's done some of that but just be careful what you wish for because when that's you right. want change that's right and when you want like new kind of leadership just keep in mind <laughs> there's a long way to go down a long way yeah well, you don't think it's possible, and then it happens. The impossible happens. I mean, it doesn't even take long. No. I, I remember being someone who was not too pleased with the Bush era. Same. I would murder a hobo for the Bush era, right? Yeah, wasn't. We're only, um, you know, $16 trillion into wars started in that era, and it doesn't seem that bad. We're like, hey, no. <laughs> it seems like, eh, I could I could deal with that. Yeah, it's what, you know, like, wasn't as bad as what's going on now. Uh, okay, here's another one. Hey fam, thanks for playing my songs last week. Hashtag team current episode. As far as the awkward situations go in the house while recording these parody songs, it's not really awkward with my wife. She knows my deal and has decided it's not bad enough to seek out marriage counseling as you'd think. (laughs) The real issue. She signed up for it, I guess. Yes, of course. And she's, yeah, she's aware. The real issue is with my kids. You see, while researching for stuff like this, I often listen to quirky, translated, lame songs, and I fear that they are going to catch on to where it will turn into an old drug PSA, where I will find a kid secretly listening to bad music and yell, how do you know about Scritty Politty? And they will defiantly respond, you, all right, I learned it by watching you. But I digress. This holiday weekend, I'm forced to go to a stage performance of The Lion King. Can you get Ed a ticket? He loves, loves, Uh. loves musical theater. And I can't get out of it. 
all need thoughts and prayers from everyone. So in the spirit of my pain, here is a daily's choice. Hit it. For those of you that are, might be new to the program, it's a very simple premise to this game made up by our very own emailer writes a bill. Ed Daly is given a choice. He walks into a, a men's room. There are three urinals. At the outermost urinals are two dudes taking a piss. He walks up to the middle, realizes that they are both famous, known people. He only has a brief moment to check out one of their dong- one of their dongs. What is Ed Daly's choice? It's a Broadway Daly's choice, Ed. <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda versus Tommy Toon. What are your thoughts? Well, I, the one thing I remember about Tommy Toon, like I feel like he he was talked about in our youth, is that he's like seven feet tall. So he's I'm six, going with the tall guy. Yeah, he's six feet six. Yeah, he's, that's he, that's really all I know about him, that he's some tall guy. I'm going with the taller guy. He's six feet six, and he is a song and dance man. Like, he really gets out there. He'll do the music man. He really gets out there and performs at six feet six. Tommy, he does the high kicks. He does yeah, everything. I feel like there's a lot of leg to his, his a uh, lot of performing. Um, 100%, it's Tommy Tune. I'm not. I really have an adverse reaction to Hamilton and all the love for Hamilton. I, and everyone's like, it's the fucking most amazing thing. And they're, it's, it's history and they're rapping. And I'm like, fuck that. Sounds terrible. I don't want to be, I don't like that. And I don't really want to get, I don't, I would hate to step up there and go, oh, here's the guy that's made $70 million off this Hamilton, which I think is awful. And then I glance down and he's got a fucking hog, like a soup can. Right. Like, can't, can't you just not have one thing? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Okay. Until next time, that's from Rights of Bill. P.S. Safe travels, Ed. I hope you find the hand job you've always (laughs) been looking for. Been alone with you for a long while. This is Rights of Bill's triumph right here. To guess the things that's on my mind. His magnum opus. I think it's time to let my freak flag fly. About Ed getting a hand and job. Is the thing I'm looking for. Amazing. Are you really that I don't think Madrid is known for my oh, I'm sure it is. All of Europe has jack-off places at called cabarets. Occupied, and I don't know what to say. I mean he really has a nice singing voice. As much as this writes a bill sasses us on Twitter, Ed. He, he, he's the king of sass, but yes, he, he does have talent. He's very sassy, but he gives us content, which I will allow more sass out of him because he does. he's a talented guy. Like These songs are amazing. He's uh, going to the Lion King. I get why he's yeah, angry. Oh, fuck that. Oh, that sounds awful.
Okay, another email. Greetings. If you do a show this week, how about this choice for Easy Ed? Oh my God, Ed. It's a bonus. Daily's Choice. Daily's Choice. It's a choice I made. Daily's Choice. Watch me shiver while you shake. Okay, Ed. Battle of MSNBC hosts Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough with Mika. Or Lawrence O'Donnell with the very hot Tamron Hall, who is 20 years younger. Who are you taking? So hold on, Ed. Before you answer, I assume this means that you're, you're observing. You walk into the urinal, and they're peeing, and they, have, they don't go anywhere without their co-hosts. So their co-host is standing there, like, just waiting for them. And you walk up to the middle Holding urinal. Holding it for them? Yeah. You walk up to the middle urinal. And you got it. So you have to weigh in, even though you're just looking at the guy's dong, you have to weigh in the co-host. Oh, this, I've never seen this Tamron Hall. I've, I've just Googled her. She's uh she's exotic. She's mm. exotic looking. I actually have no idea what Lawrence O'Donnell looks like. Yeah. Uh, you can't avoid morning Joe these days. Cause there's a whole you know, feud with the glasses. The yeah. The glasses. But the one thing I know about Lawrence O'Donnell is I always tell my mom for Christmas and birthdays, like, I don't want gifts from you. Like, I, I just don't, I don't need a gift from my mom. And one year, like maybe a couple years ago, she gave me a donation to Lawrence O'Donnell's charity as my gift. And I got to say, even, even though I didn't want a gift, I kind of felt like I just got something for the human fund. Like, I felt, yeah, I felt chipped. I was like, this is kind of bullshit. Like, who's Lawrence O'Donnell? And like... <laughs> It was for like desks for kids in Africa, so like yeah. it was a totally worthy cause. I yeah. mean, you know, why wouldn't I want it? But I, I felt kind of, uh, kind of bummed out about it. Like you can make a donation and then just not give it as a, and then still just not give you anything. Exactly. Just say, well, you know, I didn't give gifts, but I made donations. But she did. Like, here's a donation in your name to Lawrence O'Donnell. I still, to this day, have no idea. I know he exists, but I don't. I don't know what he looks like. I've never oh, yeah. watched the show. So, if if you're telling me he's got the hotter go- co-host, which I imagine he does, because I'm not a huge Mika fan. Oh, she's all right. I don't mind her. I, I mean, mean, she's okay. But like, I'm. If you're telling me that he's got like a hot co-host, yeah, that yeah, you would does. seek out, I'm gonna go with. That because I don't, I don't know I'm not I don't know what he looks like. She's she's your deal, Ed. She's exotic. What's her name again? Tamron Hall, made up name. Although Mika, Mika and Tamron, come on. Uh, okay, one more, Ed. We're just really I haven't even got to our stories yet. Yeah, ballers. A hundred and seventy-five episodes in, and they just keep getting better. I felt compelled to email after listening to that story about that Packers fan who took his wife's last name. I lived in Green Bay for two years, and just hearing that story gave me PTSD. I used to work for the official healthcare provider of the Packers, and every, every Friday, and no, not just during the season, staff could don their green and gold bullshit. I saw people wearing Packers Crocs to work, number four jerseys, and of course, cheeseheads to work. And just when you think it couldn't get any worse, twice a year, administration would bring around practice squad players to sign autographs for the staff. <laughs> like that was some kind of prize. Oh boy, a Graham Harrell autograph picture. <laughs> <laughs> 
No thanks. Texas Tech? Yes. And the last thing we need is Kyle and Scani calling in six PBRs deep to talk any further about the Packers. Moving on. I was checking my Instagram for the latest baller lifestyle Insta story, hero, when I saw something that I felt like all of you needed to be aware of. There's a guy named Brian Gillis who claims to be a magician for the stars. But not only that, he promotes himself with a comment from baller lifestyle friend of the show, Johnny Depp. Johnny says this guy is the, quote, best he's ever seen. If Johnny's available, would you ask him to explain what sets Mr. Gillis hand magic apart from the rest? Keep on being ballers. That's from Ben906. It's kind of shocking that Johnny Depp would be a fan of magic. You talking about my old pal Gilly? <laughs> Johnny Depp joins us now. Johnny, Johnny, you have a pet name for this magician, Gilly? Oh, Gilly! I, I must say, my my uh, my old pal Brian Gillis is a true professional. He performs at some of my private parties and has no problem showing up in character. Uh, for example, uh, last winter I had a dress as your favorite Huguenot party. I, of course, went as the great John Theopolis Desaguiers. My pal Gilly, old Gilly, he, he, on the other hand, showed up and did tricks dressed as painter Federic Basile. He did some card tricks and the, uh, you know, saw the lady in half trick. Uh, by the way, did you know that that's just fake legs? It's mesmerizing. Unbelievable. Well, good to know. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for uh, and I will say, Ben, uh, I watch... So much goddamn sports. I love sports. But, like, there's an off switch. When the game is off, like, stop. Like, I yeah. I yeah. feel like once, at least once a year, I'll be in a non-sports setting, and I will be around Eagles fans chanting E-A-G-L-E-S. Yeah, like, what is that? J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. who cannot separate sports from the rest of life. Yeah. I have a buddy, McRaider. Mick Raider, he wears a Raider hat, a Raider, like play golf with him and have a Raiders polo on. And it could be like March. And he'll be, I mean, he'll wear Raiders. If he's just wearing a hat, like, I, hold it's on. Not that I'm- nah, I'm just warming you up. Okay. Then he owns several vehicles, and every one of his vehicles is black and has a Raiders personalized plate on the car. Hold on. There's more. He has a black lab. And it, RIP, it died. Had to be put down. And its name was Raider. So then he got, an, <laughs> then he got, then he got another, another black lab. And he named it Raider Jr. Snowball too. Then if you, go to, if you go out to breakfast with him and he goes to order, he'll, if there's a Denver omelet on the menu, he'll go... Uh. He'll go, hey, just can I have the Raider omelet? Because he doesn't want to say Denver. He doesn't want to allow this De- Denver to be called. Then you get, if he meets random strangers, like a bartender, he'll be like, hey, what's your favorite football team? Uh, don't even tell me. I already know it's the Raiders, right? Whoa. I mean, it's, so it's, what? it's pretty amusing. It's kind of funny. But uh, just imagine being that tied in to your football team affiliation. I mean, I know you like the skins, Ed. You're a big skins fan, but that's that's taking it to another level. 
Yeah, like I, I wouldn't say I, I wear skins gear all the time. I have you know, a few T-shirts yeah, that I'll wear yeah, here and there, sure. but like, what? What? What, yeah. what would be the? Are are you being paid by the team? What's no, exactly? Exactly, it's kind of shocking. Like you're not, you're not like the the. If you were on fire, the players would not piss on you to put you out. Like this no. is no one cares about you. They just they're just collecting a check. It's a business. They just want your money. That's it. They just want you there to buy a, more shirts. There was a Patton Oswalt movie called Big Fan. Great movie. And he was like a super fan of the Giants. Yep. And I think he approached a giant in the club and got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Oh, I remember. But I don't remember being like great, but I remember like it, it it definitely was was uh making a statement on super fans. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of funny. Okay, let's get into it, Ed. What is going on with there's been a lot you, you know what I'm realizing is that the NBA, I don't watch any NBA games during the season. Like none. I don't watch any. I think I watched like most of a couple finals games and I was pretty into those, but I didn't watch any playoffs, I didn't watch anything. And yet when it comes to the the NBA hot stove, when they start trading and signing guys, I'm fuck. I'm checking Adrian Wojnarowski's Twitter feed and just like refreshing it because I just can't wait to find out who's fucking moved from what team to the other for games that I'm never gonna watch. And guys are making insane amounts of money. It's that crazy. like I saw JJ Redick signed yeah. for like twenty five million a year. JJ Redick, yeah. what? Well, you you're a big fan of JJ Redick though, right? He's oh, good. Fucking- He's Got gel in his hair, shoots a three-pointer. What's I, not to like I, about him? He's great. I think I told you, I went to uh, a Maryland-Duke game when J.J. Redick might have been like player of the year. And uh, <laughs> and they're doing the uh, Star Spangled Banner. And, you know, everybody gets quiet, like, maybe like between, oh, say, can you see or something. And it, it's quiet and everybody's standing there. And somebody goes, J.J.'s a fag! And then everybody <laughs> just laughs. It was great. <laughs> it was tremendous. <laughs> So good. And then, and it was because like ESPN earlier that day had done a segment that he's like, I'm not just a meathead. I write poetry on the side. And and then somebody like the next quiet moment, somebody's like, he's just very sensitive. And like people are just laughing so, through it. It was, it was great. So funny. That's great. Uh, so what's going on? Speaking of white guys that are annoying, what's going on with Danny Ainge? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, by the time this podcast airs, I'm sure the some uh, somebody will have signed prominent NBA free agent Gordon Hayward. Um, but in the week leading up to this commitment, there was a uh, slight battle between Celtics GM Danny Ainge and his son Tanner, who's running for Congress in Utah. A late Wednesday night, Tanner Ainge tweeted tweeted at Hayward with a link to a news story about how Massachusetts is considering a millionaire's tax that could eventually elevate the tax burden for high high earners. Something has something to consider over the next two day, few days. Hashtag take note. Danny was polite about it, saying he understands considering his son uh, is from Utah. But, uh, Brian, I thought, you know, I'd like you to know, what are the odds that the two teams in the NBA tripping over their dicks to sign the best white free agent are Utah and Boston? That's what are the odds? Like, there's like, no one you – don't, you don't hear, like, Philly or the Knicks or, like, any other team – in the in the hunt for Gordon Hayward, the whitest white guy, the only other the only other team. He's good. He's good. Right. He's pretty athletic. But I did hear it's funny that 
He's he's really athletic. Like he's a leaper. He's a, he's a fucking stud player. Very very good athlete. And I heard somebody on the radio the other day say that his best asset was his intelligence. <laughs> he's a gym rat. Yeah, his, they love they love saying that. Coach, coach's kid. Uh, it's just weird that a, just a white guy who's also freaky athletic gets described as intelligent. He's always yeah. so intelligent. Uh, Boston is desperate for him. Yeah, and he's from Indiana, and Indiana loves white people more than anything else. So you figure they might want to get in the mix, but no, it's just the two whitest. There's only room. There can only be one between the two whitest teams in the NBA, the Utah Jazz and the Boston Celtics, and one of them is going to end up with Gordon Hayward, the intelligent (laughs) Gordon Hayward. And Utah's, uh, I was thinking about this, their most beloved black player drove an 18-wheeler for fun, Carl right. Malone. Well, he, yeah, so, he, he was the world's... He was the whitest black guy. Right, he was the world's only living black redneck. He was from Arkansas, dro- was in the NBA, but was really into trucking. His two favorite things were trucking and logging. I, I like me some logging, I like me some trucking. <laughs> uh, of course, he played in Utah, like his whole career, pretty much. Uh, okay, what else is going on, Ed? Well, the, uh, the two biggest uh, soccer clubs in Portugal, Porto and Benfica, are in the middle of a huge beef. And Porto communications director Francisco Marquez appeared on the TV channel Porto Canal to talk about it, claiming to have acquired emails between Benfica president Luis Vieira and a Guinea-Bissau-based man by the name of General Dr. Armando Naga. Marquez revealed the scheme in which Naga offered his quite expensive witchery services to help Benfica win. Marquez claimed that in 2015-16, Benfica spent 75,000 euros for the championship. Then he referenced an email from from Benfica to the witch doctor after Benfica got hammered. And Naga's reply, whoever was dealing with it did not do it in the right moment. The master in Lisbon waited for the communication. When they did it, it was late. Uh, Brian, my question is this. What would be crazier, if this witch doctor thing was real or if there was a soccer game that would feature more than five total goals? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's weird that soccer is the biggest sport in the world, but it's also like played in some of the most backwards places. But like, it's, I, I know it's not, it's not Paris, like, but is Portugal that far down that they're – they're like witch doctor believers. No, Portugal's very advanced. They legalized all drugs in Portugal. Portugal. Yeah. You you can do any kind of drug you want and not go to jail because they they saw that it was fucking wasn't working trying to put all these drug addicts in jail, so they're like, "Fuck, hold on. Like, let's get these guys some treatment. Let's let's try another path." Portugal is very progressive in a lot of ways unless it comes to hiring a witch doctor to make your soccer team better. <laughs> And soccer. I mean, what what would be like dare to dream? Like if you could have, yeah. if you could have uh, six goals in yeah. a game, that would be crazy. I mean, that's great. That's three games worth of goals, Ed. Like if you could win <laughs> two nil, what they do is, and I've seen some of the soccer, they'll miraculously get a goal. And then the whole rest of the game, they won't have their players go over to the offensive side. They'll just hang back and make sure the other team doesn't score a goal. And that's like the game. It's one one nil, and it's like a huge blowout. Like great game, super fun. <laughs> Very all right, Woo! we're be- bushed. Let's take be- a week off. The beautiful game, Ed. They call it the beautiful game. Yeah. Beautifully boring. Okay, what else? 
All right, so the Waco Tribune Herald has a report detailing the contents of emails included among the lawsuits, among the million lawsuits filed uh, against Baptist Rapey University in Baylor. Now, these emails are from then-University Regent Neil Buddy Jones. According to the exhibit, Jones emailed photos which were not included in the filing of then-Baylor students at a party where alcohol was allegedly served to underage students. Davis was the group's faculty advisor. Oh, I guess it was a, a sorority or something. Right. I'm an old district attorney and will produce more evidence if I need to. Please don't make me. All of this should be sufficient. I would take this one to trial and would win it outright. This is a group of very bad apples, he wrote. No wonder standards won't deal with infractions. They're as guilty as others. It is insidious and inbred. Worse than the BAA. I'm just sick, he wrote. Those perverted little tarts had better be thanking their lucky stars that my guns are all aimed at a worse group of insidious scoundrels than themselves for the time being. Now, Brian, what's more in, what's more disturbing? That this dipshit advocated the school's use uh, – school used the school's out at, <clears throat> alcohol policy as a pretext to shame, silence, and threaten to expel a female student or the fact that a 66-year-old man goes by the name of Buddy? <laughs> Uh, well, a couple of things going on here. Texas, first of all, there's a lot of these types of guys in Texas and I am not for slut shaming anybody. Like if you're like girls can drink and do whatever they want and they can hook up and you know, I'm fine with it. And especially in college, like, would you want to go to a school that's like touted for having the most prude teetotaling female population that there is, or would you want to go to a school that's known for having uh, sororities filled with perverted little tarts? Yeah. And Baylor of all places should just shut their mouths. Like it's, it's insane. I watched on maybe Showtime or something. They did the documentary on the Dave Bliss basketball scandal. Yeah, one player murdered another, and he's like, hold on. He's like, idea. Let's say the guy that got murdered was a drug dealer. That'll look better yeah. for us. Right. Just tried to blame it and then tried to force guys who are maybe fringe players, like, well, you're playing time, yeah. like, if you corroborate the story. And that was like – Less than 10 years before this current, like, full-on rape scandal. Yeah. Two... And they just, they can't get out of their own way. Two massive scandals. And uh, isn't there a religious component at Baylor? I don't know. They're the most Baptist university there is. Like, they are insanely religious. Yeah. It's, like, kind of of fucked up that you guys are fucking touting this Bible. You're carrying this Bible out to fucking practice, and this is the kind of shit you're doing in your athletic program. Like... Maybe and remember where, remember where Baylor is located. Uh, well, Waco, hold on. Texas. Oh, Waco. Yeah, exactly. David Koresh. Uh, okay, Ed. Yeah. This story was making the rounds this week, and I thought it should be something that was discussed here. A Minnesota woman. I mean, terrible tragedy here, Ed. A Minnesota woman killed her boyfriend on Monday by shooting at a book he was holding over his chest in a YouTube video stunt gone wrong. What a time to be alive, Ed. (laughs) Mona Lisa Perez, 19, 
was attempting to make a viral video with boyfriend Pedro Ruiz the third 22 to post to their YouTube account, according to a Norman County Sheriff's Department arrest report. Perez, who is a little icing on the cake here, who is seven months pregnant, called oh. 911 on Monday evening saying she had accidentally shot her boyfriend in the chest while they were making a video. So worth it. She has been charged with second degree manslaughter. Perez told police that her boyfriend wanted to make a YouTube video of her shooting a book and had been talking about it for a while. He held the book up to his chest and convinced Perez to shoot at him, believing the book would stop the bullet. Perez told police that Pedro convinced her it was safe. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's safe. It's safe (laughs) to shoot a bullet at me. That it was a safe stunt by showing her a different book that he had previously shot where the bullet did not go all the way through. According to the arrest report, he set up two cameras to film the whole thing. What could go wrong? Hoping a video of the dangerous stunt would go viral. Oh, I hope this goes viral. I want it to go viral so bad. She fired from about a foot away with a 50 caliber Desert Eagle handgun while he held the book to his chest. It did not stop the bullet, and paramedics on the scene said Ruiz died from a single gunshot wound to the chest. Ed, honestly, what could have been done to avoid this senseless tragedy? (laughs) I got a couple. I mean, I'm I'm thinking outside the box here. One, maybe not shoot the person in the chest a foot away. Two, maybe use a bulletproof vest if you're going to try something. And even a foot seems pretty close. Really close. Yeah. But what were they just thinking, hey, worked for Teddy Roosevelt a hundred years ago. I mean, guns and bullets haven't improved in that time, right? Uh, it's it is kind of shocking. I was wondering I'm like, I'm not a gun guy, Ed, but I knew I'm like, the Desert Eagle is like the one of the most powerful guns. Like it shoots the fucking big bullet. It's a big badass gun. Like, wouldn't you use like a like a twenty two, like one of those things you shoot rabbits with? Like a like a twenty two right. rifle or just a, like a little like three eighty or something you know something like with a small round or one of those little like, round yeah or those little Bonnie Parker pull out of her purse kind of guns yes oh yeah the, the a Derringer you know, yeah those the one you hold in your garter and I, I was so I was wondering I'm like I don't like like I said I'm not a gun guy I'm not like no. Mister anti guns but I'm also I don't I just wasn't raised with guns or anything. Uh, but I, I'm like Desert Eagle. I've heard of that. Like, hasn't that been in movies? And then I realized it's from it's from Snatch. Ed, that's how that's how I'm like. Why would I know? Yeah, that's that's the scene where they have replica on the side of the gun. Yeah, right? yeah. Hold on, I have it. And then point. Oh, I thought. Hold on. Let's start from the beginning. And the fact that I've got Desert Eagle. Point. Oh, I thought. Written on the side of mine. Should precipitate your balls into shrinking along with your presence. Now, fuck off. Classic scene with bullet tooth Tony from Snatch. Vinny Jones, rugby player. Good bad guy. Yeah, totally good. Uh, yeah, Ed. It's just what's what's next for these YouTube people? Well, person. 
We we know what's next for one of the YouTube people. Wait, yeah. Going six feet under. Being buried in a box. What's really the only question is what's next for the unborn baby? Yes. Where does the unborn baby go? Hopefully, the grandparents have some money. Like, hopefully, the grandparents aren't too old and they can take care of this kid yeah. because it probably would be a better. Although the grandparents, I'm gonna make some snatch judgment, snap judgments. Uh, keep in mind, they raised a daughter who thought a book would stop a bullet. That's true. That's true. A foot away. Hard to, or hard to argue a that. Son, a son who convinced <clears throat> his girlfriend to shoot from a foot away. Yeah, that's true. That would no. that would be a tough tough ask of them. Ed, yeah, you remember Playgirl magazine? Yeah, of course. I don't the, know. I don't the know if, gay alternative to Playboy, I, right? I don't know if it's a if it's a uh, still in print. I can't imagine it is because most magazines are not in print anymore. Remember, as a kid, you would see like when you were looking in the dirty magazine section, yeah. and they all had the big plastic over it, right? And you'd be looking through like penthouse, and all of a sudden you just go one magazine yeah. too far, and it'd be Playgirl and just be some oiled up dude. And you're like, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to the left. It's funny how back then we just like accepted things that Playgirl was for women. Like, oh, <laughs> women want to see naked, greased up gay men in pictures, and we were just like, of course they do. Yeah, Playboys for guys, Playgirls for girls, Playgirls for girls. It turns out, with the wisdom of years, you realize Playgirl wasn't for women at all. Playgirl like was zero women. Play like zero. Yes, Playgirl was for gay men. This whole time, we've been fed a lie, Ed, that this is this is <laughs> circulated for women. Women want to see hairy-chested bros with their cocks out, but they don't. Women don't want to see that at all. Only gay men want to see that. What? How did we not know that? We're feel like we were just kept in the dark about so many things. Well, it turns out there was a big debate at Playgirl about just exactly how hard the dicks should be. That back then they're like, from the story it says, quote, they didn't want a full-on erection. So the the centerfold says he would he would get like he would get fully engorged and then as it started to deflate a bit that would be like the magic hour when they would start shooting the shots of the dongs Mo- most of the magazine's mission conflict seemed to erupt erupt between the male executives maintaining that women didn't want nude pictorials the way Playboy's male readers did. I guess I didn't realize Playgirl, and this is maybe, I'm just not a big thinker. I didn't realize that Playgirl was actually part of Playboy. Did you know that? Uh, I figured they had to be. Because because, the whole play thing. Yeah, the play part. The play. It's like basically the same name, just slightly different. So it would make sense that they would be. It's like CSI Miami. Right. CSI, yes. Whatever. Good point. Good point. Don't start doing Ed. Don't. Just don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, e- even as Playgirl's female employees told them they were wrong, editor Nicole Caldwell described 
We would sit in the conference room with the men and they'd be saying, women don't watch porn. We would be raising our hands. Actually, we do. Playgirl even veered into the tamer celebrity cover route of the 80s, then returned to its previous pinup status. Most recently, the magazine, it's still in print, had a revamp in 2010 with Levi Johnston, the father of one of Sarah Palin's grandchildren, which went about as well as you would expect. Playgirl is currently in kind of a publishing limbo, publishing publishing quarterly or less every year since 2011. And Ed, when it comes to a gay men's magazine centerfold, what is the proper amount of chub? I was always under the assumption based on the way gay guys are, they are they are not shy. I would think you'd want full turgidity. Interesting. Right? Gay guys don't play around. They want they want to know I've that been he's ready. To, as I've mentioned, Michelle's in advertising. So yeah. Pre-kids, I just went out a lot more, and I've been to a couple gay bars, and they don't fuck around. They get after it yeah. at gay bars. Well, I, I've tried to explain this to people before. They're both dudes. It's Gay men are both guys, and guys want to get laid. So it's not exactly. like it's not like it is with – it's not the same dynamic as a man and a woman where a woman defers and you know is like, I don't know. I got to think about it. We need a connection. Guys, they're like, fuck it. We're both horny. Like, let's go somewhere and fuck. Like, they're, they're into it. And as guys, we want, like, all the visual that we can, you know? And so right. it makes sense that gay men would want to see, like, something fully represented, like Levi Johnston's dong. Ed, joining us now is everybody's favorite baller lifestyle pop culture correspondent. It is Fancy Sauce. Fancy, how are you? I'm hey, good. Hey, happy 4th of July. Hey, thanks for Everybody. joining us. Happy 4th. Kate, when you're kicking back reading your subscription to Playgirl, when you and the girls <laughs> sit around and you're, you guys are reading Playgirl, what is the right amount of chub for the centerfold to have? Do you like to see... Full engorgement, full flaccidity, or somewhere in somewhere in the fifty to seventy percent range, where it just represents at its best, but it isn't like completely hard. Mm, uh, yeah, I'd say like thirty percent. Thirty percent dong, like yeah. closer to flaccid than. Yeah, I don't want anything like too Affleck aggressive. and Gone Girl kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like Kevin Bacon in that Wild, wild Things. things. Yeah, where you gotta you gotta warm it up a bit, but you don't wanna you don't wanna seem too eager. I get that. You don't want to be right out of the pool, but no, of course not. No, I I have an honest question. It's it's always um, you know ready. Yeah, you want to you want to assume that that's how it looks all the time. Not in an aggressive state. No, right. Just a little warm up. I have an honest question. When you were coming of age oh uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, i'm not i'm not i'm not asking did you use playgirl but i'm saying is there a curiosity in girls to even see what's going on or in porn or is it like i don't know like when when do you do you just figure it out when you figure it out or is there like a curiosity on like what's going on there yeah like what's up with dicks um 
I don't remember. Yeah. There was no internet when I was coming of age. No. Really? Right. Yes. Like it was just at the beginning of the internet. Like, right. no, there was internet, but it was like slow dial up. Right. I think there was a family computer. You weren't going looking I don't for online think dicks. There, I don't think it, that women, was even a thing. Well, women are women are different. I but, do well, remember. Michelle said she never was curious, and I, just, I don't I think I really was off. either. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah. I do remember being young. I don't know how old I was, and I found some pages of a porn magazine at the park. Yeah, and that was the first time I had ever seen anything. Yes, like sexually graphic, and I remember I brought it home and I tucked it away and I wasn't like it w- it was more like a morbid fascination like oh my fucking god yeah. what is this yeah more than like an excited like sexual yes, thing right. I was like dude yes this is gnarly women are very shocked to my core women are very different from so yeah, no very, I don't very, I don't know. remember being like super curious Just about dicks. When, uh, when I was a kid if somebody got a hold of a penthouse or a we or a hustler club international any of the finer european men's magazines like it was an event you'd have to go over and check out that person's mag because that's just how guys are we want to see breasts and vaginas when i was when i was in about 8th grade i i had like the it was christmas came early the Mailman delivered my next door neighbor's penthouse oh to our God. door, and I got the mail that day. So that was like the magazine I had for like four years. You hung on to that. Fuck yeah. It's not like your neighbor's going to come over and go, hey, did anything? I'm missing something. You didn't yeah. perhaps get it over. I let him happened. sort that out with the penthouse people. Yeah, exactly. Work it out with Bob <laughs> Guccione. I'm using this one, buddy. Uh, okay, we have, we have some relationship advice to get to this is i only know that this voicemail because i don't think he says his name in it but i I believe this is from twitter follower telly two putts because he contacted me on twitter and said i left you a voicemail so i found it and he's got some relate he has a relationship question let's hear what he has to say what the fuck it's kind of low (laughs) anyway Double B's, Fancy, Ed. It's got all our names. Dramatic pauses. I'm, I'm in a dilemma. It's got a dilemma. Mm-hmm. I'm really fucking drunk right now. I'm uh, super fucking drunk. That goes without saying. Anyway, I started dating a new chick. He's fucking... He's... He's... Let's... Update because he's so drunk that he apparently can't get his mouth near the fucking phone receiver. <laughs> so he's very drunk and he's dating a new chick. He's fucking unbelievable. She's fucking everything you would ever want. She's hotter. He's top three. Top three. Top three I've ever pulled in my life. Top three that he's ever pulled. This chick's hot. I'm sure she'll be excited to know she's top. <laughs> yeah. He, oh, it's you want to be to top one? The current one? chick is, only makes I mean, the top three. He's not. So he's not going to be. 
telling she's her not to the romantic. Top, but she's in the top three. Top, well, that's pretty good, yeah. right? She could yeah, be she, bottom three. If you, you ever told her. me she that I was in your that. top three. You're, if the first two die, you're definitely one. the top person I've been with. Kate, you're my number one. Yeah. You're the hottest woman I've ever been with. Okay. Bye. Times a million. I would never put you in my top three. This is, everyone's getting uncomfortable now. You're only in my top one. <laughs> so uncomfortable. We're, we're hanging out and. We're hanging out. We're good. Things are great. Yeah. Things are going good. And randomly, fucking, we were talking about politics. Oh, huge, huge mistake. They're talking about well, politics. In your relationship, it's. There, right? Well, hold on. We're, we're it's gonna, kind of important. To we're know. gonna hold on. That's that's. We're gonna get to that. Let's let, let's hear what Kelly has to say. And I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna kick that fucker's ass for having that Trump shirt on." Yeah. And she was like, <laughs> "Yeah." What are you talking about? Oh. He has a Trump shirt on. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, fuck these motherfuckers. Like, yes. Fuck these motherfuckers. She's like, well, I don't know why you would get rowdy like that. You know, I got a Trump shirt. And I go, wait. So you're telling me you like Trump? Uh-oh. She's like, yeah. She's like, I'm a Trump. I'm a Trump girl. Like A Trump girl? I fully support Trump. Oh, my God. Fully support. That's just the same as saying you're a juggalo. And I don't know what the fuck to do or say. <laughs> Yeah, speechless. I I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah, he's flabbergasted. Doesn't know what to do. I can't get why he's so shit. How does that happen? Yeah, yeah. How do you like Trump? How do you like? Well, we need to change. Like, oh no, we just need to change. I go, oh my, change from what? Yeah, fucking kidding me. Yes, I found fucking one girl that is unbelievably hot. In Colorado. I mean, she's unbelievably hot, but there may or may not have been two hotter than her at some point. Oh, still. She's top three. Top three. Wow. And in Colorado, like, Colorado's known, it's got sort of a hippie-ish vibe. Like, there's a lot of chicks and like... There are hot chicks in Boulder, I know that. Tevas and, like, Patagonia fleece vests and stuff, so... She's not hot on the inside, though. Maybe not. She's not hot in the, between the ears. Hold on. Well, he's he's in the middle of a civil war. Yeah. The North versus the South. Yes. I'm just like, I whatever. You know, I'm I'm two days away from fucking her, and I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> whatever. I'll I can get on board with that. That's fine. Whatever. Shock. And that he just he's for first in history to time out the voicemail. He was still talking. With the voicemail run out, ran out. So what, what do we, what do we tell this guy? Like, first of all, how important is political affiliation to a relationship? To be in a relationship, do you need to be on the same page politically? Kate? Yes. 100%. Yes. You cannot date somebody that you don't. I don't see how. Agree with. I wouldn't be able to respect you. Respect you. If you I don't respect your political right. views. Right. 
I don't respect you, you, you as a person. Mm, interesting. Yes. So, no. And people can differ on certain topics, but it's like an overall philosophy. If you're pro-Trump that, and versus anti-Trump, you're, you're, there's a big difference. Huge. Huge. Yeah. However. It, it speaks to your base. Right. Um, you know, values and core and sort of your intelligence. Now, next question. I, yes, go on. Ed. Well, I would just say, we're not talking marriage here. Well, let, let the South win a little bit. That's first. right. That's right. Because sure. what he's saying is, he says, I'm two days away from fucking her. <laughs> Dude so, is a hopeless romantic. So, so <laughs> can he, is it worth it to hang in there for a couple days to put another notch in the top three of your all time hottest? I mean, yeah. If having sex is your goal, then right. You, sure, you can work it out. You you can compartmentalize. You can separate the trumpet from the sexual person, right? Right, and that would be like a unique notch in your belt. You can say, "I fucked a chick that likes Trump." Right. Yeah, and and for a woman sexy. to be into Trump, yeah. that might mean she doesn't know how to read. <laughs> Is that is that what that means? Because yeah. pretty pretty sure if you just read a few, he's details, a real critical details. thinker. Yeah. Well, I was. I'm not. I'm not here to make fun. Yeah, Telly. I'm here to help. We're not dissing you. And I would say, Telly, definitely. She sounds pretty hot. I would say definitely move forward with the sex. Yes, and just ride that out for however long it lasts. Because obviously, this is not one for the long term. But they don't. They don't all have to be long term. This is. This is a fling. You're having a fling, and as long as you guys are both aware of that, you know, don't don't put her now that she knows that you're anti-Trump and you want to fight people in a Trump shirt. She probably realizes that you guys aren't in it for the long haul either. Although it's my understanding that you date girls that are like 19, so who knows how much <laughs> how well developed her brain is. Um, but let us know how it works out. Give us a good luck. Give us an update. What what happens? Uh, okay, Kate, it is your turn. What is going on in the world of pop culture? It is time for the real news. Ed and I have been yammering on about the hot dog eating contest. Haven't you? Yes, all sorts of shit. Well, what is going on in the I've real news? I've just realized that all my stories are um, a bit of a downer. Uh, <laughs> I feel like last week was a bit of a downer, too. Um, okay, well... This one's this one's slightly positive. Um, Tiger Woods has completed an intensive program to uh, deal with his prescription pill problem oh, yeah. that led to his DUI arrest in May that we talked about. So he's back. He's maybe back. it's time to fix that tooth now. He's yeah. spent, Why can't he's, he fix that tooth? He spent a month receiving professional help to manage his prescription medications. Let's not forget this guy also had to go inside for sexual rehabilitation. He went to sex rehab. That's right. Because he loves to fuck so much. That's right. That he cheated on that beautiful wife of his, Elin. Elin. And she almost, didn't she, what happened? The car, the, there was a golf club. Okay. So the car crashed into well, a tree. I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll recap it for you. It was New Year, no, New Year's, Thanksgiving at nine and 
she did the number one thing. And guys, be advised, your chick is doing this. She went through his phone and she saw some text messages. She had an inkling. Sometimes you got to do that. Yes. See, see, listen guys. To, listen to your intuition. Listen to your intuition. Because I feel bad for Michelle if she ever went through my phone. Yes. Fall asleep. Yes. There's a lot of women out there. They get they get a feeling and they'll go in there and they'll try to confirm what they're feeling. And this, which is nine times out of ten. They were feeling what they were should have been feeling. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But they're definitely, a lot of times where there's smoke, there's fire. I will give you that. And in this Elon's case, that was true. So she attacked him with a golf club. Of all weapons! A golfer! Oh, the irony! A golfer! I mean, I would argue that that would be the only weapon to come at him oh, with. Oh, the nine irony. That's a <laughs> golf pun. And so she chased him out and he jumped in his Escalade, which is kind of fucked up because he was a Buick pitchman at the time. Like, if you're going to make the news in a vehicle, you should be in a Buick. He, and he takes off and she's beating the car with his nine iron. And then he crashed, he crashed into a, um, what are those things called that the dogs pee on? Fire, fire hydrant. Fire hydrant. And he was injured. And then his whole life crumbled. Everything came apart and he had to go to sex rehab. Because it turns out he was fucking all sorts of whores on the road. Road beef. Mm-hmm. So now. All of them. Now he's got that sex thing dealt with. He's divorced. It's all good. Went to rehab for it. Now he's fixed the pill thing. All he's got to do now is fix the golf thing. And he's going to be B-A-C-K. Well, he should fix the tooth. Back. He should make a comeback with a. With a new tooth. I would agree with that. He's got that one that yellow really, gray tooth. That would really tell the world that my mental state is healthy. And he's <laughs> got. I recognize it. I'm rich as fuck. Yep. And I can fix this tooth. And he's got those huge teeth. Anybody that's ever seen the Chappelle show, Racial Draft, knows that Tiger Woods has the fucking biggest teeth of all time. If you're going to have <laughs> that prominent of teeth, what they can do is they can like cut, they can like machine, like a thin white thing that they'll glue to the front of that dead tooth and it'll look like a fucking brand new tooth. Get that fixed, buddy. Get that handled and then let's get back on the course and start winning some more majors. It's both visual and symbolic. I can fix my teeth. Yes. I can That's fix That's what I'm me. saying. Yes, yes, exactly. It's 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 the secret. You put out there what you want to get back. Any more secrets, Kate? The beautiful E anchor host, Maria Menunas. Oh, is she with E? Isn't she? Yes, she is. Yeah. She did host she, Access Hollywood. I knew she that. was a correspondent for today, but she was an anchor for E. Um, has revealed that she's battling a brain tumor. Oh, oh no. So is it ma- she underwent surgery? Is it malig- malignant or no, benign? I, think it I don't was know the a difference. Golf ball sized growth in her brain. It, um, I think Jesus. most of it has been removed. And it's not cancer. I don't think it's cancer. Which is the which is the cancer of the malignant well, or benign? It, it actually her, benign is the good kind. You want yeah, that you benign? Want that, yeah. So. Um, well, preferably, ironically, I guess you wouldn't her mom want, but... is also um, fighting a stage four. Jesus. Uh, when it rains, it pours. Gli- glioblastoma. Glioblastoma. Brain tumor. So, 
we wish her the best. I absolutely wish her the best. I will say this about her. Well, Brian's going to have a go at her laugh. Super hot. Like <laughs> super hot. Really attractive. Like tall, tan. She's very pretty. Big, what appear to be natural titties, like a really hot body, Greek, like just really, really attractive. But then if you're a guy like me and you're saying funny shit all the time, you're going to be with a chick that's going to be laughing at you. Like my woman is, she never stops laughing. She's always laughing at my hilarious jokes and she has a nice laugh. Like you want a chick with a nice laugh. And this Maria Menounos, so hot and yet like machine gun, yet the most annoying laugh. Like the absolute, just the worst. Yes. It's the worst. Yes, it is so bad. And it's, I wouldn't say it's like dating a Trump supporter, but it is like she's top three for any guy for sure. And yet that laugh, it, it has to have ended relationships. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, for yeah. me, for sure. I'm for definitely sure. letting the South win for a while on that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. You write it out. Also, I believe she is, um, from the Boston area, Ed. So oh. it's probably like a big supporter of the Patriots. That's a problem. The Celtics, the Bruins, all the above. The Red Sox, the worst. Worst of all Boston teams, Red Sox, correct? The, the worst. Yeah, the Red Sox are the worst. Number one worst Boston team. But, yes. but Pats are real close. Pats are, And yeah. Celtics. Yeah, they're all awful. Yeah. Pats, Celtics. Uh, okay, Kate. What else? Um, Brian, who is your? Who would you say would be your favorite sports like icon, sports star? Oh, that's easy. Former Dodgers second baseman, rookie of the year, Steve Sachs. Really? Yeah. Oh. Oh, I thought, I thought. What about your tattoo? Oh, right. Yeah. Second, beloved. Wait. You've ruined my story. Secondly, no, no. I have a few. I have a few. Of course. Who's in your top three? Okay, the top three. The top three are, and this goes in no order. Steve Sachs, Mike Piazza, and of course, this guy's iconic more than just as an athlete. As he's more iconic as a personality, and I've always revered him. He is my favorite dude. Of course, I'm talking about. John McEnroe. Well, I've got good news for you. Oh, okay. There is a McEnroe biopic underway. Oh, I've been... That sounds great. It's about time they made a movie about this guy. Right? Yes, of course. Who do you think they've pegged to star to play (sighs) John McEnroe? Yeah, it needs to be somebody that's a fucking badass actor, but also sort of resembles John McEnroe. Yep. Would be tough. Gotta have a crazy head of hair. Yep. Got to have that curly and hair. And got to be at the age um, that he was at in the 70s when he was at the peak of his career. So like in his 20s. Talking like 20, 25 yeah. to 30. Right? Well, you know who would be good is that um, he doesn't really resemble him, but they could. But he's a really good actor, um, is that Miles Teller. Miles Teller. That would have been Miles a choice. Teller. That would be a perfect choice. That yes. would have been a good choice. So that's who they've hired, Miles Teller. Unfortunately, no. Miles Teller. What, what about one of those? Um, what about one of those Hemsworths? Bit too. I think big. they're too yeah. Adonis like. Too bulky. Yeah. Too bulky. For I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Okay. I, oh, well, I know. They've hired an unknown. They've done like when they cast Biggie Smalls. Or Tupac, the they, Tupac, they go out and they just look for people and they bring in somebody you've never heard of and you're like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. 
Nope, they didn't go that route oh. either. Oh, so so it's a known person. Well, it's it's somebody great for sure. Yeah. So they have cast none other than Shia LaBeouf oh. to play oh, John McEnroe. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Who's making this movie? Oh my god! Um, is, is it a real studio? Is this Gus Van Zandt? Yeah. Is it? Um, I'm looking. Danish director Janus. Uh, oh, what's a Dane? We've got we'll a Dane that. directing a John McEnroe biopic. Apparently, so the Danes should stick to gummy bears and Legos. Apparently, this guy and getting in bed with Ed. Giannis Metz had a war yeah. documentary Klaus. called Armadillo, which won the grand prize at Cannes Critics Week was in this, 2010. Was this uh, was Shia LaBeouf in that? No, oh. anyway. But the thing is, like, Shia LaBeouf... Good news for Shia LaBeouf fans out there. He doesn't... Like, Brian and Has he been anything but a joke? Like, seriously, has he had any success in a movie that wasn't, uh, like, a mass-produced Michael Bay movie? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. He did those Lars von Trier, like, art house pictures. Yeah. Nymphomaniac. I know. I mean, somebody thinks he can pull it off. Someone out there. Ruining an American icon. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Well, let's wait. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he's going to deliver the performance of a lifetime. Yeah. Get nominated for an Oscar. We'll see. All right, moving on. Yes. Um, This is kind of a sad story. So you guys probably all heard about um, Venus Williams was sued for wrongful death after she was found at fault in a car accident recently that left a 78-year-old man dead. I believe she ran a red light. Um, Which is very, very sad. Um, Awful. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Yeah. So she was being, um, she was at a press conference at Wimbledon. And this kind of annoys me. Let's talk about your tennis. Some dick yeah. reporter asks her about the car crash. Fucking Europe. And Europe you know doesn't give fuck a fuck. That shit. This guy was probably from the fucking Daily Mail. In the middle of a Wimbledon press conference, she's asked about her car accident and breaks down in tears and has to Awful. can't talk. Awful. Really annoyed me. It's not like she went out to kill some old guy. Also, she's gonna. Have and she to, wasn't drinking. Right? Yeah, she wasn't drunk, and she might have been distracted. I just don't think it's the time and the place to be asking her about that. Right. So. Yes, I agree. And was this guy wearing a seatbelt? Um, pretty tough to get killed in a vehicle I these days. Do not know. Vehicles are very safe. It's if you're wearing a seatbelt, it's very unlikely unless you're traveling at an insane rate of speed that you will be killed in a car accident. So was this guy wearing a seatbelt? Like, let's take some personal responsibility here. You're victim blaming now. Right. Well, also, <laughs> guy was pretty old. Like, he lived a long time. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he was somebody's grandpa or whatever, but he was 78. He was yes, grandkids are going to have a ton my, of money. My fucking, my fucking grandpa died when, I was se- when he was 70. You know? Like, I wish I could have had eight more years of him. I would have I loved that. I would have enjoyed that time. Go on, Kate. Um, Jay-Z and Kanye are having a bit of a beef. Oh, no. As you know, Jay-Z oh, dropped his album on his it's, streaming but service title. But it's only on, title. It's only on, on title, title. Which means it didn't come out. Right. Um, I don't know how to listen to it because I don't feel like I would be su- subscribing to title. Although I do really want to listen to it. Um, I'm, a well, I'm sure he'll make it available. But they said it'll come out in like a week right. on real yes. devices. Spotify. So, I mean, iTunes. So apparently there's a track on Jay-Z's album um, that features an attack against Kanye. Oh, I thought they were I thought they were buddies. Right. 
Um, and it's all about Kanye's rant that he went on um, about Jay-Z and mostly about Beyonce. Um, I thought I thought Kanye was a big Beyonce defender. He's like, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you talk. But then he like does a thing. Yeah, he went off on Beyonce. Um, he did. Yeah, like last year, Queen like Bay, November, Queen Bay. Uh-oh. Yeah, I mean that was right before he was like, you know, going to a psych ward with some mental issues. Beyonce's like our, mo- our mother um, Teresa. You can't say anything about it. Right. It's, it's hard not to believe any, that any, Kanye any breaks. would kind of speak out Be- of turn, become unhinged, do something crazy. Yeah, that is kind of shocking. Right. So there's some lyrics um on Jay-Z's song. I I also after. I also understand that um Kanye that Jay-Z took some shots at Eric Benet. Yes. On this album. Very fucked up. <laughs> Not cool. Poor Eric. Nobody's thought about the guy. Very uncool. He's lost Halle Berry. Poor Eric Benet. He's <laughs> Hasn't he lost enough? He's synonymous with being a cheater because he cheated on Halle Berry, which is awful, but people forget that the guy also plays jazz. Right. Um, but going back to this beef, oh, this sorry, is what yes. I find amazing. So Kanye thinks that he can get up on stage at a fucking concert yeah. and go off on a rant about Beyonce. And then when he hears this song, is shocked. Yeah. Seriously, dude? Yeah, it's crazy. Of course he's going to. Jay-Z is known for hitting back. Like he, the, the, he, he right, disses. Like, um what do you call it? The Nas. Uh, right. Jesus, I'm drawing a blank. We had Ether was the Nas response, right. but I can't think of. Uh, but, uh, who but shot anyway, you? The, no. the whole thing is with Kanye is like, who knows how much is like, well, my brand could use a boost time to add a new beef. Like there's nothing authentic. Like he, yeah. I can't imagine that, that he really can have anyone actually close to him in his life. Well, he's legitimately nuts. Yeah. Like he's like yeah, like the kind of megalomaniac that's really insane. Yeah, right. well, this, I'm going to end on a tribute to you guys. Probably know Stevie Ryan hung herself. I don't. I, Who's that? I wasn't. I saw that on Twitter, but yeah. I was not familiar Stevie with Ryan her. Was a YouTube. So she work. was a big Twitter star and a YouTube star, and she had um, a VH1 show called Stevie TV, and then she coasted. Um, Sex with Brody, Brody Jenner oh, on E. This is all. This was what? none of this she was in my wheelhouse. Yeah, unfortunately. she has a she has a podcast called Mentally Chill, and apparently her grandfather died. Um, I think it this just happened um, over last week or over the weekend, and she committed suicide, which is very sad. So, R.I.P. Stevie Ryan. You will be fondly remembered. The uh, very sad. I, yeah. Mental illness. It's very Depression. sad. Yeah. Depression yeah. is however, is no However, joke. the Jay-Z song was called Takeover, by the way. Takeover. That's right. That's it. All right, everyone. Excellent job all the way around for Ed Daly, Patriot and Beachgoer, for Kate McManus, B Allergy Sufferer. I'm Brian Beckner. This has been episode 176 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We love you guys, and we will see you next week. Happy for
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.